Well, I don't know about you, but the weather, especially yesterday, made me want to get into the garden or get the pots out, figure out what I could do, even if you have a little space, if you have a lot of space. But I'm always a bit confused on what can be planted when, what should be started inside, what the timeline looks like. Luckily, we have an expert on the line with us. Wim Vanderzam joins us once again. He is the owner of Art Naps. Wim, always great to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. So where are we at as far as it still is early April? Getting the gardens ready. What can we be doing now? Well, definitely it's time to get going because there's many things that should be in by now. In fact, there's a limited time frame that... uh, you have to get some things in, you know, like potatoes, for example, a good item that needs to be in the garden now, and, and onion sets. Um, there's some greens that should be in definitively, like kale you should have planted already if it's still not growing from last year in the garden. Um, so there is lots of things. The list is, is long of things that need to, need to go in, but there's also things you don't want to put in, things that are a little softer, like your you know, herbs like a basil you wouldn't want to get in until really towards the middle and end of May, or even even like uh, tomatoes. It's a little early for tomatoes, uh, zucchini and watermelon and cucumbers. They're a little softer, so you wouldn't want to have them in either. So you have to, you just be careful of what you put in, but definitely, um, you know, I, I don't want to list off every single item right now, but obviously it would take too long, but there's lots that you need to get going on. <laughs> what about planting things inside, starting them inside to put them, put them out at the end of May, say? You know what? Um, yeah, probably the best thing for people to do if they want to sort of get that schedule is go online and, and just Google um, when to start sowing seeds. When do you start sowing seeds? Because there, there are, they are, you know, each one is a little bit different than the next. And um, even for when you're going to be doing sort of a succession planting, um, um, you, you want to have sort of uh, a seeding time now, maybe, and then you want to have a seeding time in say August for a another fall crop or or in July for another summer crop. So but if you if you google that you'll find yourself a complete list. So some things you would start like say as I mentioned cucumbers too early to plant them out now, but you can start them from seed inside in say mid mid April for planting out the beginning of May. Uh so so every 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 different vegetable, if we're talking vegetables for the most part, I guess, is a little different than the next. All right. And what about preparing the soil? Do you have any tips or tricks that you do? Well, the, you know, the the more you work the soil, the the better it is for the plant to get a good start in particular, and then long-term success by being able to grow a healthy, large root system. The larger the root system, the better the plant will be able to, um, say, tolerate summer heat and will be able to then um, be able to have a crop that is going to be more uh, uh, much more abundant because the larger root system is allowing it to support so much more. So, so you want to dig in as much organic material, whether it be manure or a topsoil. Uh, a lot of people have compost going. It's spectacular for the garden. Um, peat moss is wonderful. Core is wonderful. There's so so. So the more variety, the better. Even sand. Sand is great for breaking up a heavy soil. So, um, you know, whatever you can get your hands on, that's reasonable, and you can get dumped in your front yard. Uh, again, the more variety, the better. 
All right. Uh, earlier on in the show, we were talking a bit about the, the tree sale. The Vancouver Park Board just uh, had a sale yesterday with a, a huge number of people lining up to get uh, trees. I did get a question from a listener that I wanted to put to you. I don't know if you can answer this because uh, I'm not sure exactly what area he's in, but he's saying he's wondering if there's any special consideration for an arbutus tree. He said he sees them growing naturally in the Parksville area. He'd like to plant one on his property. Yeah, good question, because it is something that is a very unique-looking tree, um, and, and they are a beautiful tree, but they are difficult to, difficult to grow unless they're on sort of a seaside, very rocky situation. They don't want to be in a good soil. They're, they're a tree that, um, that yeah, is not going to be a, a, a good choice for a, you know, our regular yards within the Metro Vancouver, for sure. All right, so you want them. There's a reason why you see them on the Gulf Islands and you see them in those areas. And, and really only on the seaside for the most part. You'll see them along the shore in that situation. That is what they like, and that's really the only way you're going to have really good success with Arbutus. Uh, other trees as well, fruit trees. Uh, I will fully admit uh, I did not keep up with keeping uh, the trees in my dad's yard uh, pruned last year. No. <laughs> is it too late? Should I be doing it now? What do I do? Well, you know, there's definitely... You know, you can still do some pruning. If you didn't get around to pruning it over the winter, you can still do some pruning to uh, your fruit trees. If you think there's some you know, really long branches that aren't going to be able to support fruit, then just prune them back. And it can be done at any time. In fact, some of the best pruning for fruit trees is actually done in summer. So um, so no worries about that. You can definitely uh, get away and and do some pruning. There's not much else you would do right now. I mean, most fruit trees are either in bloom or about to bloom. Um, but one thing that is good, and you hear this often, and and, um, and people you know people say, well, 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 I don't even know what mulch is. But mulching is an awesome way to sort of support plants because when we have a hot, dry summer, which is looks looks potentially like we might have again, um, plants need their their roots to be cooled and shaded. So insulate them by putting a layer of mulch. Now mulch can be anything. It can be a layer of bark chips could be a layer of manure, could be a layer of soil. But adding a few inches over the root system, not going up the, the, the trunk of, of the tree itself, but around the roots and outlying, outlying roots right out to the drip line of either, either the plant or the tree is hugely beneficial to every single plant. All right, good advice. Uh, what about what are your thoughts on? The, there seems to be a, a debate in the gardening community on on gardening on using either a black plastic or gardening fabric because weeds uh, can be the bane of one's existence in a flower bed and in a bed that you want to keep pretty. You maybe don't want to spend your entire spring and summer pulling weeds. So, is there a way to use those types of things that that works and and is a good option? Yeah, I I like the landscape fabric because it is. Uh, something that is biodegradable. It doesn't take, you know, thousands of years to break down if you're just to leave it there. Um, uh, but it will. But it, but it does definitely have a lifespan of a few years um, to prevent, you know, weed growth. Um, you, you know, really, when it comes right down to it, um, if you were to bring in a little fresh earth every spring uh, on, and put that on your clean garden beds, that is a suppressant in itself. That will that will not allow weeds to grow just in, just because... The weeds will need, unless there's a root there already, but seeds need light and, you know, they, they can't be covered to to really have any success when you're, you're putting an inch or two of soil over top of them. So um, so that's that's a good thing in, in itself. But, but really, I mean, it comes down to there's not a lot of work if you, if you were to just scratch the layer of surface of your soil regularly. So if you, if you do get your garden, you know, completely weed-free, 
um, just if you see little weed seeds start, they're easy just to sort of scratch with a hoe and, and they're done. They'll dehydrate and die. So just a little bit of effort after the beds are clean on a sort of monthly basis, and you should be able to keep your beds pretty weed-free. All right. Uh, the best uh, things for maybe attracting, if people want to attract hummingbirds or people want to attract things so they're watching their gardens and such, are there certain plants that you would recommend? There definitely is. Like there is uh, either, I mean, you can even buy sort of a, a wildflower seed package of it's a variety of seeds that has sort of a number of different uh, seed seeds within that um, will attract hummingbirds or butterflies. So you can get that sort of pre-done nice and easy for you. But there's vines. Um, the trumpet vine is, is one of the best for hummingbirds. Um, and uh, it's a nice, long, tubular flower, and the hummingbirds love that. But, I mean, the, the list is, is actually pretty long. So, again, that's where Google comes in really handy. Print off the list and go to your local garden center and, and have a peek through all the ones that um, you know, might be appropriate for your garden. Because just because, the, uh, you know, the, the campsites or, the, or the, the, um, uh, the vine that is going to attract a hummingbird, it might be great. I mean, you might not have a spot for a vine. So, you know, it's important to make sure that you're, you know, you've got the right plant, right place. You don't want to just plant everything and anything. So keeping that in mind is important. And also in the right spot in your garden, like exposure-wise, you know, some plants really only like shade and some plants really only like sun. So I think being being aware of that is, uh, is very important. And, and one other question, too, and if people have space, that's great. A lot of people in Vancouver, even in Metro Vancouver, might be dealing with a balcony with a planter box. They might just have a small patio with a planter box, a limited sunshine. Is that another one? Just search it out and figure out what you can grow or can't grow? Or are there, are there certain rules with this is better for a small box in, in a space like that? You know, it's, it's interesting that almost anything can be grown in a container. Um, it all it just sort of really becomes bonsai if it was to be a big tree. You're kind of just sort of bonsaiing a plant. But so so you could plant anything. I think there's some things though that you know because they are meant to be meant to grow big that you don't want them in a container because then all of a sudden you're going to be having this pet because it's going to fill that pot with roots and um, it's going to strain itself and and not have much soil to work with. Uh, it's going to be drying out quickly. You're not going to be able to go away on weekends uh, because you have to make sure your plants get watered, and you don't want that. Um, you know, I, I really, it's, 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 the, it's pick things that you like the looks of and ask the question. Um, you know, depending on exposure, again, uh, choose the right plant so you're not you know, going to be burning up a shade-loving plant in the sun. Um, and, then, and, and then, you know, you'll be, you'll be surprised at uh, how easy, even a, a layman in the gardening world can put together a combination of plants that look really well, whether it's a combination of perennials uh, that come back year after year, or whether it's a, a simple maple in a big pot, whether it's a pot of herbs. Um, there is so much that can be done in containers, and it's actually one of the biggest growth categories in the gardening industry right now is people gardening in containers because they don't have yards to work with anymore. What's the best uh, material for a container, or does it matter if it's a plastic container or a wood container? It doesn't really matter. I actually like lighter colored because they don't, they don't absorb the, the, the heat from the sun. So lighter colored containers are great. But always remember that the bigger, the better. You know, people trying to grow, um, you know, a, a, a few herbs in a, in a 12-inch pot is really difficult for the plants to have success. They, you know, they struggle because there's no root room and they dry out quickly. And, and it's, it is not the best option. You need to go, you know, a 20-inch pot is a great way, a great starting point. So a good wide 
uh, pot, whether plastic or ceramic, and, uh, and anything above that is even better. Great advice. Wim, always good to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. You bet, Jill. Take All right. Care. You too. All right. That Bye-bye. is uh, Wim Vanderzam, uh, the owner of Art Naps. You can check it out online if you want to learn more. As you know, the Art Naps in Vancouver is no longer there. Still Art Naps in Coquitlam, though, if you want to go to a physical store and see what they have. We will take a short break. Much, much more coming up right here on The Jill Bennett Show.